Welcome to Spill the Tea with B&V. I'm Brianna. And I'm Victoria. Pour yourself a cup and get ready to spill. The following episode contains discussions on anxiety, depression, suicide, disordered eating, and sexual assault that some listeners may find triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Spill the Tea with B&V. Hi everyone, Um, I'm Victoria. I'm Brianna. Um, And today we actually are coming at you with a very serious topic, um, something that both of us have worked hard in our personal lives to try to end stigmas around. So we wanted to talk to you today about our um, stories with anxiety and depression. Yes. Um, So we get a lot of messages, or at least I do. I feel like I'm more open on the internet than you have been in the past with my personal story with depression. Um, And the number of messages I get of people thanking me for being open and honest is like, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it just shows that how important it is that we need to be talking about this, like as this generation, Mm -hmm. because it's, only getting worse to end the taboo to end end the the taboo to let you know that it's okay if you have it um and to let you know that both of us have been at horrible points in our life and look at where we are now and that there is so much light at the end of the tunnel um so you're so not alone so not alone so not alone so yeah i think talking about it is um exactly what needs to be done so yeah. here we are, and <laughs> cheers. cheers. <laughs> so our mugs today, mine's nothing special really, but just a gigantic cup of tea, which <laughs> honestly is sometimes what your soul needs. Mm-hmm. So I, we will be getting into it a little bit later on, but of things that comforted us and tea always makes me feel so much better so I got my gigantic (laughs) mug from Target thanks Target thanks Target um and mine is actually from our creative director's house Miss Sarah and it says love is brewing and I know and our college roommate actually did the calligraphy for this mug um her Instagram is at the calligraphy the calligrapher Kristen which we will um link to her Instagram in our description yeah, thanks, Sarah, for <laughs> yeah, having so this in your cute. house. It's adorable. And love is brewing because it is because we love you so much. Yes. yes. Brewing in our hearts. <laughs> um, so because this episode is just going to be us telling you our story, it's super candid. Um, we did not prepare for this episode. Like, we usually have full outlines going and everything. Um, but part of the importance of this conversation is that it is open and just candid Mm -hmm. and honest so we didn't want to prepare anything for you so um bear with us if it's a little rough and raw because um that's what life is and that's what we want to show you is okay to portray to yes everyone the world yes so we're gonna start off with our personal stories so I depression runs in my family and it happened to hit me um which is fine (laughs) um 
So I think looking back as a kid, there are definitely moments where I can see now that that was depression. Like that's what that was. Um, and I think at the time we just attributed it to me being like very moody, but I was like a dramatic, emotional child and adult. Um, so I think it was just hard to tell. Um, and then everything kind of blew up um, when I was my in my senior year of high school, which senior year already is like the absolute worst for a me lot of people, anyway. A lot of teenage girls, a um, lot of people in general. Yes. So I had all these plans of going to school for musical theater. I had done the whole college tour, driven around the country, like looking at schools. And that was my dream. I wanted to be a performer. Um, so at the time, I was just so overextended. I was doing two shows at the same time. I was doing voice lessons and lessons to prepare for college auditions. I was also doing school full time and senior work, which everyone knows like that first half of senior year like really Wild. matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, on top of filling out applications and writing essays for all these colleges. So and I wasn't sleeping and I was overworked and I it just like my mood kept getting worse and worse and worse and I was pulling myself away and the kind of everything started going really downhill when I was diagnosed with nodes so if you don't know what nodes are and if you haven't seen Pitch Perfect oh my God. <laughs> every time Me right now. <laughs> um, they are nodules on your vocal cords so they're like calluses so if your vocal cords go like this when you sing or talk um, they shouldn't touch and then if you overstrain them they will start to touch and they'll start to um, callus, callus against, against each, each other. other and they'll so only get <laughs> yeah only get bigger and bigger and so that was bad um, and I didn't need surgery. Sometimes you do need surgery. Um, but I was in outpatient therapy at a hospital for like two months. Um, my teachers knew, like talked to me as little as possible. Um, and I couldn't sing. So, and it of course, of course happened during audition time. Like auditions were in a month for colleges. So I was like, I was screwed. And I didn't have a plan B because I didn't want to do anything else. I wanted to be a performer and I wasn't going to settle for, in my mind, less. Um, which everything I think has worked out so far. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, but <laughs> I mean, maybe in the future have a plan B in mind. And I'm telling myself this. Oh, well. um, yeah. So that all happened. So everyone around me is getting into colleges and I went to, I lived in a very rich town and it was very prestigious and everyone's so smart and so like athletic and driven and it's really cool to be in that environment. Um, but it's not until so cool, right, until you can't part can participate. Um, so I wasn't able to go to college um, because I didn't have a plan B. So I just like, plummeted down and I had insomnia and I couldn't sleep which obviously made everything 10 times worse um we're gonna get into after our stories how we felt um specifically so I will save that for later but basically I it's the worst thing I could ever describe to you like I wish it upon no one um it's horrible 
so that turned into also having some disordered eating which I mean it's all just like a big package anxiety depression um, snowballing eating disorders all that so I'm trying to find where I am in my story <laughs> so I had gone to the doctor like it was it was known at this point something's very wrong like I was so not myself and the world just had lost its color and I had lost motivation and I was just I couldn't do it so I um went to my doctor which funny enough we actually went to the same doctor and she actually plays a big part as to why both of us plummeted so deep into depression um so we didn't know each other at the time Mm -hmm. but we went to the same doctor which is I just think it's so funny but so she put me on wicked funny funny. (laughs) it's not funny at all um she put me on uh an antidepressant and medication for ADD which I don't have (laughs) so she was like oh well you can't focus in school so here's some ADD medication also take this antidepressant and I was like in my mind I'm like of course I can't focus I'm like I feel terrible and there's like eight million things going on in my brain and I'm helpless like you know like I don't know what my next step in life is going to be of course I can't focus so turns out I don't have ADD also turns out that those medications don't work together they actually like cancel each not they don't even cancel each other out they They battle each other so the whole point of an antidepressant is to balance out your brain chemistry because depression which we will talk about later is all about brain chemistry Um, and it's actually not as scary as like it felt like now I can take myself out of it and be like, okay, it's just brain chemistry. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Just balance it back out and you're going to be okay. Um, at the time it felt just it, like I, your identity. Oh yeah. Like I could feel my brain being taken over. Mm-hmm. Like it was terrifying and I can feel it. Like even if I start to like, if I have a bad day, like I literally can feel my brain changing. Mm-hmm. It's very scary. And when I didn't, I didn't have the tools to, know what or how to fix that or how to combat that what so even was happening really. no 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 one had any idea at the beginning um but anyway okay back on track so add antidepressant um those pills combined together made me suicidal and i lived with that for everything happened really quickly for me like people live with this for years and years and years and I consider myself somewhat lucky to only have experienced this over like maybe an eight month time span maybe a year I'd say eight months to a year um so and I really only was suicidal for three four months three months four months um but it got to the point where I wanted to end my life, and February 6, 2012, I wanted to do that, and I had a friend, Liz, who knew something was wrong and texted me and told me that she loved me and that everything was going to be okay, and she said, don't do anything stupid, and I didn't and woke up the next morning and went to school and proceeded as if like nothing ever happened. Um, But 
since I was young, I was still under, like I wasn't a legal adult. Um, my parents did have the right to get me help if they so chose. So Liz kind of, not that she, she didn't threaten me with it, but she said, I think you should tell your parents. And I think this is bad enough that if you don't tell your parents, I will tell your parents. And I, we had like a very real moment in the call center. center. (laughs) For real. All of my realest moments have happened in the call center. Bless that place. It's like the theater. It's like our, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Theater man. Um, So I said, you're right. Like I, I already was feeling kind of a little bit better and I was like, you're right. So I told my parents um, and I had recently started seeing a therapist and she really like helped me so much. She like turned my life around and she thankfully was a former RN. So she was a nurse and she was like, I'm sorry, what medication did your doctor prescribe you? So I told her and she was like, she should not have, she should not be a doctor. She was like, that is, that's why you are suicidal. I just, it makes me so mad. So when are we suing her for malpractice? Honestly, it makes me so, (laughs) so mad. So I immediately stopped taking my ADD medication and almost instantly was getting better. It was, it's incredible. So I worked with her. She taught me a lot of coping mechanisms, a lot of, um, my insomnia was still really, really bad. Like I would just lay awake at night, just the entire night, just thinking horrible thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never had sleeping pills prescribed to me. Um, but she taught me mechanisms to help me fall asleep. Um, and I still sometimes struggle with insomnia, but it's not for reasons related to depression. Um, And I've always kind of had bad sleeping habits anyway, so that's just, it just was heightened. Um, But anyway, she helped me so much and she made me realize or helped me kind of guide me into what I wanted to do, which I thought what I wanted to do was go to South Africa. I still would love to do this. Mm -hmm. Go to South Africa. I found a program um, where you can live there for six months and you're with AIDS orphans in Cape Town and you are with them through their school day and you help teach them English and there's like after school programs. Um, So I really, really wanted to do that. And my parents were like, yeah, you're not not going to South Africa right now, Um, which they were probably right. But then I found... um, Disney, because I just started auditioning in New York. My dance teacher sat me down and she's like, hey, I think that you could go to New York and audition and be decently successful. So I think you should do that. And I was like, I'm grasping at straws here. Like, so I started going to New York and auditioning and that's how I wound up working for Disney. And I moved to Disney and that first month that I moved here, I stopped taking my medicine and I have not touched it since. Um, And I needed Disney for sure. Like it, it changed my life so much. Um, it brought so much happiness into my life and we'll talk about it more. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk about it more, but just like, man, what is happiness? It's, it's so little and so subtle. Um, and I didn't fully realize what it was until I worked for Disney and thanks Mickey Mouse. Thanks Thanks, Walt. Um, so yeah, that's 
my story. Um, I still have days where I, you know, don't really want to talk to anyone or would rather be alone, but it's never gotten to the point where it ever was before. Um, and not even close. So, and I'm not, I'm not seeing any therapist. I'm not taking any medication. I feel very confident in my ability to use my coping mechanisms and stuff. Um, and yeah, so that's my story. Uh, okay, um, our stories are very similar and very different at the same time. Um, so I had no issues growing up or anything, and then when I was just about to turn 16, I was sexually assaulted, and that started everything for me. Um, I had really bad, what I now know is post-traumatic stress disorder from it, and developed anxiety in social settings. I developed depression, um, and my voice is shaking. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm shaking right now too. I know. Um, I, uh, it's like, it's so hard to relive this part of your life. Um, and I just kind of lost myself for a while. Um, I never said anything. Like I didn't tell anyone anything for, three years, like no one knew anything. So that was obviously the hardest part. When I told someone was when start things started getting better. They got worse before they got better, better, but they still, that's like when things started getting better, which is why I'm such a big cheerleader of telling people, like of sharing your experiences and yeah. Okay, anyways. Um, so after I told my theater director, actually, um, he had been like, okay, um, is he still a threat to you? Like, what's going on? What can I do? Who, have you told anyone else? Like, and I was like, no, I haven't told anyone. And because he was an educator, he had to be like, if he's still a threat, I need to call the police right now. And I was like, no, he's not a threat, which I, it, it was true. Um, um, he was not in the state anymore. So like I did not feel like it was a threat. I said no, whatever. And the next step was like telling my parents and doing that whole thing and then like telling my friends. And um, when I told my friends, we had a therapist at our high school actually. And my friend Michelle was like, you should talk to her about that. And um, she was amazing. Um, and she was like, this is what depression is, and this is what anxiety is, and this is what post-traumatic stress disorder is. And um, having a name to call it separated, separated it from myself. And I was like, OK, that's not me. That's that problem. So then I went to the doctor, the same doctor, and she prescribed me with a um, anti-anxiety medicine, a depression, um, antidepressant, and a sleep aid. And the way that they all work together was not good. Um, same thing, like if if I had done like the research then, I just like, it, I, you don't know. I trusted to be taken care of. It was bad. Um, I also was suicidal. Um, I spent probably six months being suicidal and um, nothing ever happened like with Liz that was like a hey if you're planning on doing something don't do it or like there was no moment that I was like oh I'm not I'm not I don't I'm not suicidal I just kind of like woke up one day and didn't want to kill myself mm. which is 
di- a different story too. Like most people have a catalyst that they were like, oh my God, okay, yeah, I'm. what am I doing? Um, I didn't have that and that doesn't mean that you won't More, either. Yeah, like yeah. It, I just woke up one day and was like, no, I don't want to die. That's nice. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty nice. Um, yeah, so then uh, for the next, so that was from when I was like 18, 17 to 19, I'd say, was when I was like, I knew that I had PTSD and I knew I had depression, I knew I had anxiety. And that's when I was like trying to balance out everything and like figure out how to make myself well. And um, just before I graduated high school, I was actually off medicine. Um, and haven't been on it since. Um, and I still like, I, it, I fixed my brain to what it needed to be because I saw a different doctor, obviously, um, got everything fixed, was on the right antidepressant on the right dosage of everything. And, uh, my brain chemicals were back to normal and I haven't taken anything since. And I have never felt the need to either. Um, I would say that. I had my symptoms of PTSD until I was like 20, probably, and I don't think I've experienced it since then. But much like Brianna moving here and kind of um, uprooting everything that everyone knew about me, like I've had to start over at a new place where no one knew that I wanted to kill myself. Like it was so freeing that I got to be who I wanted to be. So I totally credit, like even though I was already like, better at the time that I moved to Disney I still credit Disney for like completely healing me it just gives you like when you can see that you are impacting other people's lives it gives you a sense of worth and that's like the most important thing I think in like battling I don't know why I didn't think to get tissues (laughs) Um, and I, I was doing so good so I was like wow I'm not gonna cry this is great um but I think that that is like if I can get one message through to like one person, it's that like you're valid and you're worthy. And like, I think as soon as I like found worth through like these other people and through these situations was when I was like, oh my God, I'm worth it. Like, duh, hello. Like, and then I felt like for years, my soul had been battling this imbalance in my brain where my soul was like, you're worth it, you're worth it, you're worth it. And my brain was like, obviously, you're not and then one day when I like finally got it it was like a weight lifted off like I was like oh my god I'm worth it I'm I'm worth it it's amazing Mm. anyways um I kind of talked a little bit about like how I specifically felt did you want to talk more about how you felt or do you want me to elaborate on I have a um I have a big want in life for people to understand what depression feels like who don't sorry oh man um who don't <laughs> know what it feels like I don't because, know why I even bring like stuffed animals to head. <laughs> like whoa oh my god <laughs> um because I mean the simple fact is if you've never had depression you will never understand um and it doesn't mean that you can't understand to your fullest ability but unless you experience thank you so (laughs) much (laughs) um unless you experience these actual feelings you can only do your best in trying to understand and and having perspectives help you help other people so i um i want to be as graphic um as i 
as I can be to try and help you understand for those who may have friends with depression or a loved one with depression. Um, and it's something that I haven't really talked about. Actually, I don't think I, it, yeah, I think this. I like. I did a lot of creative writing during my like worst times, so I have a lot. I have no down. Too. Yeah, but I, um, I don't. Yeah, we've we've actually never even discussed like mm-hmm. how we felt. And this is the most important part in like feeling that you're not alone is being like, this is what someone I feel else like, and someone's like, too. yeah, I know, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna hit a lot of the same points, mm-hmm. but just like I was a zombie mm-hmm. like I was just a shell of a person there was n- I just there was nothing inside of me and I actually don't have a lot of memories from that time from that time because I I was like blacked out almost um and I just as poetic as this may sound but it literally was like darkness was was in my brain like in my head um and the world had zero color everything was gray um nothing made me excited i loved going to dance um i danced since i was three and i didn't even want to go to dance i just wanted to be in my bed that was another big thing my bed was like my safe place Mm -hmm. so any moment i could get i would go to bed and i would just hide under the covers um and that was that was my safe place and that was one of actually the things my therapist worked with me on was making sure your bed is only there for sleeping um which I still find comfort in my bed um but I I definitely don't use it like I the way that I I did Mm. um and I it's just it's so hard to to try and describe but like I there was no happiness like I did not feel happiness for for a year and I forgot what happiness felt like. And I remember laying awake one night being like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be happy again. So <laughs> I'm happy that that didn't happen. Um, but it's horrible feelings. Like You're so brave. <laughs> so brave and so strong. Um, I remember thinking, like, like you said, you're not worthy why are you here like you have no place there are so many more deserving people than you you just shouldn't be here anymore so take care of that um and trying to figure out like why we're here like why i mean and a part of me still is like why we're here to to do what we live this little blimp in the universe and then we all die a blurb if you will <laughs> a Sorry, tiny little to. blurb <laughs> but I mean and now I just have a completely different perspective of like it couldn't be more different yeah no it's the complete opposite and I yeah I'm just a completely different person in my perspective and I mentioned it to you a few nights ago that I truly felt like and this is it may not be true but it's how I felt that I was almost like possessed like there was just this like <laughs> darkness yeah and it feels like, like it's not you it's like, not you and, and you know I knew it wasn't me it. and a, the scariest part was at the beginning because I could feel myself slipping and I could feel mm-hmm. myself losing myself um and it felt truly like something else was taking over and once I was in it it was so comfortable 
and that's the scariest part I think and that's how you know you're in so deep <laughs> you're like apathetic about it you're like oh this feels good oh it was so in comfortable again crying this it, is what I do oh my gosh and I like it's scary how comfortable it felt and how good it felt almost um but it wasn't me thinking right you know that wasn't my thought um it was something else depression um like waking up in the morning I would be genuinely mad that I woke up and that I didn't die um and I would cry almost every morning mad that I didn't die in my sleep and getting dressed was like the most dramatic event <laughs> ever like I couldn't I just picking out clothes I would sit out looking at my closet sobbing because I just couldn't do anything um and I pushed all of my, most of my friends away. Of course. I was, like, you're nasty. Like, I was nasty um, and said things that I didn't mean and said things that were so out of line for my character. Um, and a lot of people just don't want to deal with that. They're like, I've got my own shit to deal with. Like, Especially I'm not going to deal with you. if they don't know what you. you're going through right. and you're just being a mean girl, like, obviously they're going to be like, oh, I'm out. Right. Um, and that's why, that's why I think it's important to talk about these feelings specifically yeah. so that you can recognize it in other people or yourself but it or yourself um people are really good at hiding it mm -hmm. i would say the majority of people had no clue mm -hmm. that anything was going on um and i'm sure that there are people out there now in my high school perhaps who had no idea of course um and that's another scary thing it's usually unsuspecting people because oh, you become so good at putting on this like ending. facade mm -hmm. as part of ending the stigma so that people feel yeah. open and honest like to talk about it like if we inspire one of you to reach out to one other person this is worth it and yeah um are you I was about to say more of how I felt but yeah I'm more? just I'm trying to think more may come when when you okay. start talking feel free um, to interrupt me lol like you can't even fathom how deep sadness actually is um and like self-hate a lot of self-hate and it's made me such a strong person now because I've told myself everything in the book like <laughs> you cannot cut me like you've said it to yourself. I've said it to myself a million times you yeah could ever think of. Yeah. yeah so I not that I'm ever thankful that I had depression oh, but it it did give me the skin thick skin yeah. so your turn um this is like the worst game yeah of my turn your turn um so I explained it to someone before I knew what was happening how I explained it was that I felt like um, someone had turned like the audio level down on everything like I felt like if you hear things when you're underwater that's how I was living like I felt like I was like five seconds behind everything yes. else like I felt like I was lagging like in the that's why I feel like I was a zombie like yes I was just like, like oh I 100% was a shell like I agree completely with zombie shell I said those two words for sure when I was talking about it with my friends um but I also felt like in your nightmares when you're trying to run away from someone but you're staying in the same place like I felt like I mean this is why where I think that like we differed a little bit like I felt like I was like fighting to stay above the water like I felt like 
I was doing what I could, but it wasn't enough. And like, it just like everything was muffled. Everything was over. Like I felt like no one would ever understand because if in order for me to get pulled out, I had to pull someone in to get me out. So like, I just thought that no one else had ever felt this and that I shouldn't make them feel it because by telling them about it, like, I don't, I, I just, understand. Uh, yeah. That. Cool. That's helpful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I felt like that. I did feel like the shell. I felt like a zombie. Like I felt like I couldn't make my own decisions. Like everything was defaulted to this like sleep mode where like nothing was really functioning how it should have been. And I did feel like there, I just, a lot of times would see like blackness, like what you were saying, but with like a tiny like not to make this funny but like a little like lizzie mcguire bitmoji of me being like just like trying to find my way out and just like there's just darkness and like there's no way out um and i think that's why i like stayed quiet about it for so long too and i also like i had this like i was like super goofy and like wanted to make everyone laugh all the time like definitely was like class clown forever like since i was little like (laughs) just wanted to make people laugh so I was like if I come out with this thing that is so not me people are not only not going to believe me but they're gonna think that I'm a fraud and I've been like pretending this whole time and that was like the hardest thing for me to come to terms with so I was like no no one can know that I'm not this like funny person all the time because then they won't know who I am and then I'll become my depression and then it'll just get worse turns out the opposite is true so that's good but um yeah I think that sums up how I felt pretty much (laughs) yeah I'm I'm just trying to think of like I I just I wanted to be alone at all times oh yeah I I did not want to talk to a single person if you bothered me like I'm so sorry to my parents they really um put up with a lot and we're so patient um shout out to Linda and Jerry (laughs) but I mean, if they tried to ask me a simple question, I would just snap. snap. Yeah. I was the quiet, quiet depressant. Like, I totally understand the, like, snap of people that I, like, fully just, like, wouldn't talk to anyone. Like, I would talk in class because I was, like, obsessed with getting good grades. So I would, like, make sure that I, like, was still my, like, Victoria, the student at school. And, like, outside of class, didn't talk to anyone. Like pulled away from my friends um it was just yeah one of my not strongest well I guess strongest memories because I can't remember much anyway yeah but um one of the memories I have is sitting in anthropology class and I already like I can't actually I can't remember if I talked a lot in that class I don't think I did but I was always talkative I was always like I need to know what every, like, what's everyone doing? (laughs) What's the tea? (laughs) What's the tea? Um, But I remember sitting there looking up at the board and, like, having this, like, out-of-body experience almost and being, like, you literally are nothing. Like, there's nothing inside of me. And that was, like, I I am a shell right now. Yeah, you're, like, a puppet to your depression. Oh, yes. A puppet is a great, a great way to describe it. Like, anything it wanted, I did. If it wanted to sleep, I would go to sleep. Yeah, I would. I slept like I would go home. I usually did my homework at school, like in between classes or during free periods, and then would go home and literally sleep until I had to do it the next day. And my mom was, I was like, exhausted. "You're always in your bed. You're always in your bed." And I remember like looking at her and being like, "I'm sad all the time." 
And that's like the first time I said anything to anyone. And she was like, that's not normal. <laughs> you know? And like, that's all I needed to like, that's all you need to say. Reach out to someone. There's someone. If there's not someone, there's us. Like, yeah. I, like I am always open to any messages. Always. Yes. It might take me a little bit to respond, but I will respond to you and just reach out to someone. Yeah. That's like all I can say because it really did obviously like start the process. And I under I understand how both of us understand how hard it is to reach out and just say something. Someone that may not have dealt with anything like this. And unfortunately, because people don't understand depression fully yet they they brush it aside or laugh it off and that's not always the case but i understand that people can be fearful because that can be the case a, a lot of the time yeah. um i had something else to say and i forget now oh about reaching out um both of us are very prideful people. I didn't want anyone to know that I was at such a moment of weakness. Of course. I even, even now I have a really hard time. Like I, Victoria, this is like what the third time you've seen me cry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not even fully like right, of crying. Course. Yeah. You're, we're, I honestly like, we're doing pretty good. I'd say we're doing good. Yeah. I'm impressed with us. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised I cried to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Cause I, I'm not surprised I, I, cry. <laughs> I cry all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew you were <laughs> I just hold everything in and I'm so like, it matters to me so much for some reason that people see me as this like strong figure and like nothing can shake me. So for me to, to actually be broken inside so much, I, it hurts so badly to say I need help. But strength doesn't come from the lack of weakness like well I've learned that now that makes me so sad it's how I felt I know I know and I know and I like I know how you felt and I felt that way too and I wanted like go back in time and shake myself and be like you're worthy and like everyone else not everyone else a lot of other people have dealt with the same things that you have and that like you're going to wake up one day and be fine. Yeah. And I, I wanted to talk about, too, like what happiness actually is. And I yeah, think this go, is good to okay. bring, bring it back up. Mm. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? This is, a, this is just like oh, our drunk man. episode. <laughs> um, it's a party over here. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I have a similar feeling but not as clear as yours of just waking up and realizing that I didn't want to die but I didn't I didn't think in my brain like oh I don't want to die anymore it was just I woke up and I didn't feel that way Mm -hmm. um and I didn't feel normal but I still didn't feel this like like voices in my head being like kill yourself um which for the first time in a long time felt really, really, really nice. Yeah. And I felt like I could breathe again. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that I'm happy now because I wake up in the morning and think nothing. Okay. Like it's just, I You're go just about awake, my day. Yeah. I'm just awake and I'm ready to start my day. And happiness to me is not, is not smiling all the time and not laughing all the time. It's simply being being and just being living in the moment and not feeling 
anything really I mean when you are a shell for so many years to just be can be happiness like happiness isn't always like crying laughing at something like like walking around with a giant smile on your face like we're not talking about like false Hollywood happiness like there are ways to find moments of happiness when you're not even smiling like you might not even be outwardly smiling and like to recognize that as happiness is so important yeah I I wrote a lot like you did um and I remember making a list when I was feeling much better um, of things that made me happy. And it was like simple little things like sitting at the fire at my house Mm -hmm. when it was cold um, and drinking a big cup of tea and, you know, the the smell of spring or like fresh cut grass, just like little moments of happiness. I um, like super similar to similarly to that one of the resources that the therapist at my school gave me she was like um, do a um, note every day of five little things mm-hmm. like five little things that make you happy or like present or content so it would be like I saw a cool bird today I wore my favorite pair of socks a teacher told me I did a good job. Like I got iced coffee, and like you know, just like st- like it can be the smallest things, of even things. Even one thing, like right. The the point is, and this so is kind fine. of yeah, morphing into like our coping mechanisms, um, is to to notice and acknowledge happiness. And again, it's as simple as the sun is out today. Yeah. Or it's a thunderstorming and I love thunderstorms. Like, yeah. you know, like happiness can be found in so not obvious things that you can be feeling it without realizing it. But when you haven't felt it in so long, to call it by its name is so powerful. It is. And to be like, this is happiness. Yes. Happiness is here. Happiness is here. <laughs> um, another thing I would do... Um, as a coping mechanism was to try and make myself laugh um, or <laughs> smile. Not, not in like I a sort of vision of you looking in the mirror being like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Although <laughs> laughter therapy like is yeah, that's legit. Real. That's a real thing. It's like that game you used to play in theater where you'd like put your head oh, on something. Yeah, like, oh, oh my gosh, oh. I laugh every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time. That makes me so good. Um, but I would find like, really funny videos like <laughs> models like, falling on a runway i swear to god that saved my life there was a youtube compilation from like 2007 it's like models falling on a runway <laughs> it's one of my like schadenfreude like taking pleasure in people's pain things is like people i love when people fall. i like that less but i laugh when you laugh <laughs> but i would find like like look at cute animals like I would watch like a cute animal video and like that would make me smile or like I love bunnies so (laughs) I and I had a bunny at the time actually so I would go out and I would like pet her um or I would look up like pictures of cute bunnies or videos of cute bunnies or like babies always make me like laugh and smile when they're doing like funny things um so I would do that and I would say it worked 99% of the time that it made me feel better. Mm-hmm. Even if it was like the smallest fraction of better, it was still better than than I was before. 
My like little things are I had a playlist that were all like songs that like made me happier, made me want to like maybe get out of bed or like entertain the thought of like not being under the covers. Um, I um, turn to food a lot, which is obviously an issue. Like I definitely have disordered eating as well, but sometimes like a cup of tea, like things that are like not like I'm not saying like go binge eat an entire thing of ice cream, but like if you find joy in having a scoop of ice cream, do it. Um, so I do things like that. I love candles. I like light candles. I love taking baths. Um, I love fuzzy socks. I love just like chunky sweaters. Oh, like I have a poo. Yeah, I had a different poo at the time, but he got really old and he's gross. So I had to throw him <laughs> he away. He was really well loved. Yeah, he was so well loved. Um, I actually got him on my. My first trip to Disney. Oh, is that cool? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a new poo now, and Good hugging size. Yeah, and he's really squishy. It's a newer version of poo. So if I ever feel sad, I'll hug him. Yeah, I always love to have. Um, I think uh, weight really helps me, so I yeah. have a weighted blanket. Um, I wish I had one. Oh, maybe Santa will bring you one if you're really good. Okay, I'll be really. I'll really tell good. him. I have a phone number. Um. <laughs> Um, I actually like to tie this in, not to always mention the freaking Grinch, but <laughs> I would watch the Grinch sometimes yeah. or Elf, um, just because yeah. like I those are movies that like I had to feel some kind of happiness because I was it's you just have to so like I would watch those one of those two movies, um, I made it a point that I had to talk to someone like I'd be like you have to talk to another human today, like I made myself talk to someone. Um, and once I started talking to people, I realized that it was easy to talk to people. And once I started talking to more and more people, I started realizing more and more people had what was going on. It just like, yeah, good train reaction. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, I gave myself permission to seek professional help, which was important. Mm-hmm. Um, she was really good at separating depression, suicidal thoughts as a symptom of depression Mm -hmm. and like your working brain chemistry. And you're like, okay, so, you know, if you break your arm, you have your bones set and then you have a cast. And if something's broken in your brain, you have it fixed and you have it reset. So it's like, just like your bones, like, and the reasons why we are trying so hard to end the stigma around mental health, because if it was treated like physical health yeah. we wouldn't we would be have, having this I dramatic mean, conversation honestly right I now. mean I it would still happen but I think that that is a big step in the right direction of people getting help for things that they should get help for yeah it's um it's a brain it's just a brain it's just science it's a literally science yeah like it's nothing to do with you as a person no it's, it's like all literally up here it has nothing to do with like anything in your soul um and it's it's crazy how much realizing that has changed my life and I think one of the reasons why I haven't fallen back into depression again is because I can recognize that it's nothing wrong with me mm-hmm. it's in my brain and as soon as you're separated from it and you can be like oh no no, this is an issue with my brain you like address it and then yeah. you move on yeah and I like I haven't had any like bad enough to be like I'm depressed um but in fleeting moments I've been able to be like 
oh, I remember this feeling and I know what this is and that's okay. And I'm going to do the things that I do to make myself feel better. And I have so many people that I can talk to or just be like, hey, let's just like, can you come over and we're just going to watch movies tonight? Like just, there are so many tools to use. Yes. Don't be afraid of using a tool. And I want to make it clear too, don't be afraid to let yourself feel sad for a little bit too. Because feeling that way is completely valid. Every feeling that you feel is valid. Yes. Like there is no such thing as invalid feelings because if you're feeling them, they're, they exist, they are there, and they're valid. So a lot of people, I think a lot of people need to be heard. They need to be listened to and they need to be heard and feel like they've been understood. And the first step in feeling understood is talking about it. So if you want to talk to someone or you want to talk to someone about what you think they might be going through, um, it's the easiest way is to just be so open and be like, hey, like I noticed that you've been sad lately. Is everything okay? Is, Is everything okay? Or like, can we talk about it? Do you want to talk about it? Um, and like opening the door with honest and open conversation gives that person the opportunity to be heard. And once it's heard, you can start to process. And once you process, you can heal. And I just, I can't say more about speaking up, like whether it is about sexual assault, sexual violence, any kind of thing that has happened to you, we need to be talking about and we need to be working on. And you're not alone, so don't try to handle the situation alone. You have such a huge team that you don't even realize all around the world. There's such a big community of people who are trying to tackle this. I don't even want to call it an illness. No, a monster. It's just like a, at least it's like a, a brain chemistry, brain chemistry <laughs> imbalance. Like this imbalance in your yeah. brain. Like there, in other cultures, we it's so untalked about. It's shocking to me that in 2018, something so simple as a brain chemistry imbalance is seen as this, like... I think we're, like... Uh, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're getting there, and it's getting better. Um, it's getting better, but I, I think we're going to see a lot of depression and anxiety in, in younger and younger people, um, especially in the world we're living in right now. And I didn't even, I totally forgot to even mention how much anxiety I deal with now since coming back from Japan. Um, I didn't, I've always been kind of anxious, but like when I came back from Japan, I would like shake at night. I would be so like afraid of, of like nothing. nothing. And I still deal with anxiety and it's like, I mean, thankfully I have the coping mechanisms like I've, you know, worked on and I feel that I've like, I can handle it without medication or without help for right now. But it literally is because of, hate to say it, but the election, I came back and things had changed in America. Well, and you and it were made watching me... from afar, like you were watching I was international not news about America and it was not pretty and it was a very scary picture that they were painting which and we didn't get news all the time either um so when we got news it was like the big things we weren't living in it so it seemed like a lot scarier it is it's scary but it seemed a lot scarier so coming back was like super 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 hard for me but now I'm dealing with anxiety that I've never really 
had to deal with before but it's still like I have you well now at least you can recognize it and I can recognize it exactly and Mm -hmm. I I know it's just some sometimes it's just in your Your brain's just not doing its job today that's okay no come on (laughs) get it together um so in summary please reach out uh to anyone literally anyone anyone that will listen to you reach out whether it's us, us your mom your dad your dog like just say it out loud um we obviously wanted to give you the number for the national um suicide prevention hotline um which is 1-800-273-8255 i know that when i was truly suicidal the last thing i wanted to do was pick up the phone and call a stranger um i still think it's worth mentioning because a lot of people do call and get real help from them um just in case you are scared or like want to know when you call the hotline the operator picks up and like transfers you through you might have to hold a little bit and then someone a a counselor will talk to you and um they can even find you a doctor that's right for you in your area if you wanted to do that like they're just a really good resource um but if you don't want to pick up the phone and call a stranger i get it that doesn't have to be the only way that you get help you can reach out to a friend you can reach out to anyone but please reach out you're worth it you're worthy you're valid and we love you so much more than you will ever realize fully and if two strangers from the internet love you then i can't imagine how many people in your real life love you for real so much yes so thanks for bearing with us yeah (laughs) we promise the uh, episode surrounding this one will be (laughs) nice and lighthearted yeah you've got a uh, fun one coming up next week so Um, (laughs) look forward to that (laughs) we still wanted to talk about it because we think it's important and we want to try to end the stigma so join us um help us end the stigma start talking yeah speak up speak out start hugging everyone start telling them you love them be kind oh my god please be kind to everyone you meet you don't know know what anyone's battling you don't know what anyone is struggling with be kind to everyone it does not take anything to be kind it takes no effort to be kind it takes so much more effort to be unkind yes yep and that negative energy that you're putting out there you are feeling for yourself as well so as soon as you start putting positive energy out it's so much easier for you to feel that positive light when you're you will notice your life changing oh yeah if you put out positive energy yep um, so we love you. Be a light. Be, Be a light. Hugs. Cheers. Praise. We love you. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> love is brewing. <laughs> Hashtag be a light. Oh, we have to um, tell them how to find us. So <laughs> we do this every time. Um, so we are on Instagram at spill the tea with B and V. We are on Twitter at this is different. Get ready. <laughs> Whoa. Tea with B and V. Sorry. You can email us if you would like to write us novels. We read every single word we and cherish them. We love emails you so email much. us your personal story with depression. If you need any help, we got you. Email us. Um, and that email is spill the tea at or spill the tea with bnv at gmail.com um we are on spotify we are on anchor hopefully we'll be on itunes by the time this airs i know apple doesn't like us <laughs> no it really doesn't um and youtube yes, we are on youtube course. and obviously spill the tea with bnv is the name of that channel and the podcast subscribe subscribe oh my gosh please subscribe and share we love you love you so much thank but you but for real like subscribe it makes a difference it does <laughs> You are not wrong. It does. It does. And let's get the word out that there's nothing to be afraid of with a little chemical imbalance. Your brain's not working the way it should be. Let's fix it.
<laughs> All right, we're done for real. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Goodbye. I we love like you. We need to side hug this out. Oh, I'll hug you. Oh. <laughs> Great. This is, this is the best hug we've ever had. Probably. <laughs> Great.